Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs! My name is Sky, and that guy on the other side of the screen is Dusty. That's right. If you're listening to this podcast, we also do this on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash/watch-and-learn-podcast. But anyway, Dust, last week we watched Top Secret, and you were thinking maybe The Naked Gun is a better representation of the comedy that Abrams and Zucker can do. How do you feel? Was this better than Top Secret? It was by, I want to say by far, because as we went through Top Secret and talked about it, I got so much more enjoyment talking about it and then reminiscing and, and watching through Naked Gun all over again, I thought that they did, they, they did a lot better as well as Leslie Nielsen. He is just brilliant at this type of comedy. My goodness. What are your thoughts? 100%. He is top-notch, and I think he's a big part of why I did enjoy this more than Top Secret. If you think about the two lead actors, Nick Rivers, Val Kilmer, Lieutenant Drebin, Leslie Nielsen, he he far, I guess you go like this, he far outweighs, you know, in the comedy realm for sure. And I remember back in the day, um, Leslie Nielsen used to be, before we were born, but watching old movies and TV shows, he was like a serious actor doing serious dramas and serious even sci-fi movies and stuff. But then his turn, I think it started maybe with Airplane and then this, and he did the Naked Gun TV show. He's a great comedic actor with really good timing, really fun, like funny to watch facial expressions and everything. Absolutely love Leslie Nielsen. He is brilliant. And I remember, I, th- I think the first time I ever either knew of him or saw him on a movie was in Airplane. And that is a hilarious movie. At least I remember it. And all these, you know, growing up or watching all these fantastic movies, reminiscing makes it feel a lot. Uh, it might be funnier because we're reminiscing, because we're thinking about all the funny things. And then just like with Top Gun, when I watched it again, I was like, this is funny, but like, I remember it being funnier, you know? And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, the nostalgic factor kind of comes in, but, um, yeah, a- airplane. I remember that with great, great, um, uh, affection. Like it's a fun, fun movie. Um, other movies like uh, not to, I guess it's very, found somewhat similar to naked gun was the, the police Academy movies, totally different, you know, producer writers and all that sort of stuff. But these like spoofs are really, really funny. Now police Academy is totally, uh, a different type of funny. This one is more of like your main character is almost aloof a, a little bit, but stumbles his way through everything and gets everything done. What do you think about this type of comedy? That's a little more slapsticky and a little bit more rather, rather than being like intellectually funny where, you know, they, they uh, it's more of a, an, a good story and there's funny co- comedic parts in it where this one is literally like, it's more of a slapstick. What do you think about the two? Um, I absolutely love this movie. I love the more cerebral, logical, not logical, but the more thinking man's comedy, like that kind of stuff, like Dumb and Dumber and everything like you mentioned. Um, but I just, I really love the visual humors, uh, the visual visual jokes and gabs, gags that movies like this do. And then poking fun at genres, poking fun at the detective cop genre kind of stuff. Absolutely love it. And um, I think this is, this is probably just, it's got to be in my top five comedies of all time. It really is up there. And I thoroughly enjoyed oh you're out of focus again dust i know so for everybody (laughs) looking in your nose are hidden now (laughs) (laughs) well i 
I, I don't know why my camera does this. It literally goes blurry and then it goes. Uh, so I'm trying to make it come back. But um, yeah, so there we go. I'm back. Not blurry. So everybody on YouTube, yep. I apologize. <laughs> so yep. yeah. Um, yeah. I love this kind of movie. Love the cerebral stuff too. But the slaps. And last time we talked about Top Secret being so visually oriented, right? All, not all, most of the jokes are visual gags. In this one, there's a ton of dialogue and just situational funny stuff too, which I really appreciated. A little bit more than Top Secret. And I'm super excited because this movie's called Naked Gun. I'm, I'm a, I, I really enjoy firearms. I love, I have plenty of rifles and pistols and stuff like that. And so I finally get to pull out one of my, one of my firearms. Now you can tell it's, it's definitely unloaded for everybody on YouTube. You can see it's absolutely unloaded. No magazine inside there. So I'm absolutely safe, but I was like, you know what? I finally get to pull out a gun because every single time we have, um, action movie where there's guns in it, I'm like, I want to pull out a gun, but, I did it because I said, ah, that's a little too aggressive. Like, uh, let's not do that. But this one, it's literally called Naked Gun. So maybe this one might be naked because there's no magazine in it. There's no bowl in it. So it's probably naked. But yeah, uh, yeah. so I was really happy. I was like, dude, I got to pull out pull out my gun. But uh, yeah, the uh, when you have somebody like Leslie Nielsen, and I apologize, everybody, again, my camera is still going blurry, stupid camera. But um, when you have somebody like Leslie Nielsen, who is brilliant at the um, – dry humor or not dry humor is not the right way to say it. It's basically um, he's so aloof that he plays it so well. It's like, he's serious and he, I don't know. I, I don't know how to explain how amazing it's like a dry, like a deadpan kind of delivery, but what he's saying compared with, or uh, you know, in relation to the situation and everybody's reactions to it, that's where the humor comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, how he, everybody in the movie, even like OJ Simpson's in there, Reggie Jackson's in there, um, less or, uh, Presley, uh, Priscilla Presley. Um, they're all did fairly well. Obviously, you know, it's, it's more of a fun, fun movie. It's not like they're, they're going to win an Oscar from these, but yeah, it's, they all interplay really, really well together. And apparently the, his, his buddy, the big guy, not the big, big guy, not the giant guy that has the, you know, the, the banana, the on banana. The mouth. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, his his friend I can't remember his partner's name Ed but he's Captain Ed, Ed. that's right um, mm-hmm. apparently he's like an Oscar winner like he's a br- pretty big name actor and I was reading like the, some trivia on it and so basically um, Ed the guy the the, the um, actor who played Ed um, he, he, big actor and he really wanted this part just for fun he was like you know what I really want to be in this movie because it's going to be really fun to be a part of it but yeah they're on top of being both visually and funny there's a lot of one-liners in there that i really really liked i'm pulling up my notes but um there's a lot of really really good liners but here's one thing that i as i was uh, watching them do the opening scene where they're driving and driving and breaking through everything going through the women's locker room and going through people's houses and things like that and then finally getting to the donut shop i was like that's how i drive to get the crispy cream oh man i can definitely (laughs) see (laughs) They got a Krispy Kreme sure. that just opened up literally um, two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and we go there at least three times a week. Oh, I just <laughs> I love really? <laughs> I love Krispy Kreme. It's awesome. I mean, it's it yeah, it like melts in your mouth. Is that amazing? 
Yeah, I'm I'm kind of happy that they for us where we live here in town, there's one Krispy Kremes, but it's like 25 minutes away on the other side of town. So I'm actually pretty thankful that it's not super close. You know, we have McDonald's and stuff that's close. That's easy to stay away from. But if I had a Krispy Kreme near us, every time I didn't feel like making breakfast for the family, I might take a five minute drive, get Krispies and come back. So I'm thankful they're gone or away from us. And if you sign up for their their plan, every 12 dozen, you get a free dozen. Then they also send you emails like, hey, buy one dozen, get one free today. Or um, every dozen is $5.99. I was like, what? They're making me go every day. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't pass up those good deals, right? Oh, my goodness. You can't. But yeah, so Mm -hmm. going watching that scene with the the siren as they're going, it is going through. I thought that was really, really fun. I was like, this is one of my fun, my favorite types of, of jokes is where they're beating a dead horse. Like it just keeps going and going. It's like, aren't you going to stop? Okay. It's okay. Now I'm getting irritated. Wait, wait, wait. They're still going it. And they're still going. Oh, this is funny now. I like guess it's, it's, yep. it's funny. Then it gets irritating. Then it gets even more irritating. Then it gets funny again because they just keep doing it over and over yep. again. For sure. So this movie has tons of great jokes in it, tons of one-liners and stuff. But what is your single favorite joke? Not scene, but single mm. favorite joke in this movie. So I, I there, there's one thing I wanted to bring up, and I'm trying to run through all the different jokes in there. Everything Leslie Nielsen says is real. The way he delivers it just makes it so much more funny than anybody else ever could. There was one mm-hmm. that he said, and I thought of, I immediately thought of you. Um, he said, like it was towards the end when he was saying how much he loved, um, uh, what's his, what's, what's Priscilla Presley's name? Um, oh, Jane. Jane. Yeah, you know, how much I love you and all that stuff. When I first met you, I started noticing things before that I never have. And he said something like, you know, butterflies and this and that and stoplights. I was like, oh, that's the guy. You know, when he met Denise, he finally, he stopped realizing uh, stoplights. He's like, I only see Denise. I don't see stoplights anymore. Right. I don't stop at that's them right. anymore. <laughs> yep, but yeah, sure. every bit of his, his comedy is great. I'm trying to think, you tell me yours, and I'm going to try to think of, run through all the funny things. On the docks, he's trying to get information from that guy. He gives him a 20, and then, then the guy asks him a question <laughs> back, and then he gets away, and then he says, can you spot me a 20? Here you go. Oh, thanks. And then you give – that is the single best joke in the movie for me. Labs, I laugh at it every time. When I think about Naked Gun, I think about that scene, or that joke, I should say. That is a brilliant joke. I When, it, when I saw that coming – or sorry, since obviously I've seen it before, and I'm watching it again – I'm watching it and I'm seeing, oh, this is the time. And I completely forgot about this whole, you know, like, can, can you spot me at 20? Like, he, he reverses the roles. Like, <laughs> you're mm-hmm. paying for information. And you're like, I don't know if I'm going to tell you. Oh, yeah, I hope this is the joggy man. <laughs> that was brilliant. Yep. Um, I like when one that for some reason sticks out in my head is when Priscilla Presley comes in and she's all telling him, Hey, there's going to be this meeting here. He, uh, you know, to, to Frank, he, uh, the main bad guy wants, uh, uh Marta, Marta bon? uh, Carlos, yeah, Montalban. Ricardo, Montalban. Ricardo. Um, he wants to meet you here at the docks, you know, this time. And she's going through his refrigerator and he's like smelling things like passing out. And like the milk is all, he's dumping up the milk in the cup. And as he's dumping it out, it's actually like coagulated or coagulated or, you know, congealed <laughs> spoiled and so everything inside of it is literally bad and he's like are you sure you don't want to eat and he's like but i i love when he always just kind of like looks at the camera and like and he's like mm-hmm. you're questioning in his head and so uh, yeah 
I'm trying to think of all the different funny things, but yeah, nothing's really like crystallizing in my brain of one ah, thing gotcha. that I really, oh, oh, I don't know why, but it always stuck in my brain. When he goes from being the opera singer to then changing to be the umpire, the, he knocks out the umpire. The umpire, he has his pants down. He's laying over the bed, over like whatever that 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 thing is, the bed thing. And he's changing and he's looking, you know, he's busy changing, Frank's changing. And then the janitor opens the door and he goes, oh, and then Frank's looking at the, looking at him like, oh, and his face all drawn. And he's like, oh, sorry, fellas. And he closes yep. the door. I'm like, that's oh, that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. That's a funny joke for sure. Um, the, so we, there's a lot of different characters. Some of them say funny stuff and everything. Uh, of course, uh, Frank Derebin has the most funny lines in the movie. But one thing that I, I love every time I hear it, um, when the mayor says, assault with a concrete dildo, <laughs> I laugh every time with it. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Oh, a, that, whole, no. that whole scene is fun. But <laughs> I love that. I think probably the number one thing that I completely always think of Anytime I'm wearing a microphone, this comes into my brain. Do you know which which uh, scene I'm thinking of? Yes, the press uh, press conference. The press conference. I love that. And he literally goes to the bathroom. He drinks so much water. You can tell they're setting it up by him drinking glass after glass after glass. And they're setting it up really well. And he's done. He gets up and walks out. And then he starts going to the bathroom. Now, there's a PA system or there's a, a receiver that they can literally turn it off. But they don't. It's just still going. But you hear him. He's peeing. And he's all, no, starts singing. And then <laughs> yep. he goes, <laughs> uh-huh. and they hear drip 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 and they're all like oh it's over and then he starts going again <laughs> he starts going again <laughs> yeah and then you hear him he goes off splashes to the side whoops and he goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so good so with all this kind of like you know potty humor and stuff and kind of like physical gross comedy and everything um you would imagine critics do not or would not find that kind of stuff funny. And maybe it's because this was really released back in the 80s. Maybe they were a little bit more tolerant of it back then. But um, uh, critics give this movie on Rotten Tomatoes an 87%. I was really oh surprised goodness. to see that. I can't even believe that. Usually critics hate movies like that. I literally hate movies like this. They, yeah, they want know. slow, drab ones that make you feel like you want to jump off a, bl- a bridge or something like, you know, a cliff because it's so horribly ho- obnoxiously um, bad or slow. <laughs> slow is mm-hmm. the best word I could think of. Like it yeah. makes your emotions come out. No, this makes me laugh my butt off. For sure. For sure. 100% loving it. And uh, the audience was at 84%. So just right there with the critics, really good score. I give this, I mean, my own personal score, A plus everybody should watch this movie. I've shown it to my boys. We absolutely love it. Um, uh, Maybe my wife, Denise is, eh, she can take, you know, she can leave these kinds of movies, but for most people highly recommend a plus from me. For some reason, I think guys like this a lot more women. Like my wife is just kind of sitting there playing on her phone, watching it. And she's like, shaking her head yeah like this is so funny how do you not mm-hmm. so i give this an a i it's not an mm. a plus for me i couldn't watch it over and over again there's some movies i could just literally watch over and over again i give it a solid a um it, it doesn't go notch up into the the a plus i don't know if it's um yeah i don't know why it just doesn't for me like space balls literally a plus like that is yeah. there's so much like so much packed into there. Mel Brooks is brilliant. Plus you got Martin Short in there. Um, it, yeah, it's brilliant. Oh, and one thing I, I did read, you know, when he's, 
when Frank Drebin is the umpire, that whole thing is brilliant. I love it. You got the montage. You got the, um, you know, uh, him patting everybody down, him interrupting, interrupting plays, things like that. Really hilariously funny. And I, I always remember when the first balls pitched and he's just sitting there looking as the umpire, like, am I supposed to do something? Oh yeah. Strike. And then then from there, he gets into so much elaborate dancing and, and all that good stuff. That whole, I guess the whole time where he's the umpire is just really, really fun. They did a really good job helping us to feel really entertained throughout that entire baseball scene. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, what is your prop from this movie? There's a lot of different gag jokes and things on the screen and stuff. Uh, what would you want to take home? It would probably be the baseball player's head that flew off as he was going up, and <laughs> jumping up and grabbing the pop fly. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, uh, that's no. a pretty good idea. You know what? I like I, that. No, um, uh, the, I think if I were to pick one, Frank's gun is such an iconic cop like old, old style cop revolver. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's like a 38. I mean, it's, it's really got a small barrel. It's got a small revolver like platform and a frame and everything. And so that's just a really iconic one. That's one that, you know, this reason why I pulled out my gun is because it hit the poster and you can see this on the screen. If you're watching this on YouTube, I actually put it inside there. So you can see the poster for the movies that we watch. Um, you can see him holding up his gun and he, you know, he's also holding up a badge as well. And he's writing on a bullet. In fact, here's what's funny. Like on my desk, for some reason, I have a 45 caliber bullet. I had it in my pocket or something. And I, one time I was just like emptying out my pockets and I took it out and I put it on my desk and it's literally been sitting on my desk. I think it's just like a, a showpiece. It's like, Oh, it's a 45 caliber bullet. So anyways, you have, Frank Drebin standing on a huge bullet, holding a gun, which is his iconic uh, little, I think probably maybe 38 or something like that, and holding out his badge and, you know, saying, uh, obviously, naked gun uh, from the files of police squad. So that would yeah. be my prop that I would take. Cool. I like that one. Um, what occurred to me is two different ideas. Number one was I it would kind of be cool to have a bear trap in the house. And, and ah, when, ah, you know, when yeah. Nordberg goes into the boat, he's fumbling around, knocking back and forth, hurting himself, steps in a bear trap. I thought that might be cool. But then I thought something I've never seen in a movie before that full body condom and that wrapper that was like ripped open with full body. Con- that's what I would take that ripped open wrapper right there. Putting them on opposite sides of the room. Of the anal intruder, anal intruder on That's one right. side, <laughs> on Top Gun, and the full body condom on the other side of the room, like on the wall. Yep. People would be like, "What's that over there? Oh, that's not enough. Check out over there. Oh, what? You know what this <laughs> place needs? It really needs a huge, oversized condom that can fit your entire body." <laughs> oh, look, there it is. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so that's my that's my full body condom wrapper. Loving that. Awesome. And I awesome. bet you it was because we it was like forced perspective. But I bet you it wasn't a tiny wrapper that they made. I bet you it was like this big of a wrapper. You know what I mean? Even though it looked maybe like it could be kind of small, um, they made it big. So it would be a really cool set piece in the house. That would be very, very, very funny. Yeah. They and every single scene, like they really well thought out every single funny part. Like they they tried to make sure every single scene had something funny going on. Oh, another one. Like all, all these now as we're talking, things are flushing to my brain. I love when he is talking with um, uh, Carlos Montalban and he's in his office and he has the samurai pen that's, in, that's impervious to everything but water. <laughs> he 
<laughs> flings it and it flings into the water into the aquarium and then he has that that uh, japanese fighting fish that's worth twenty thousand dollars so number one the pen's in there and he says it's priceless so he has to uh frank drebin has to reach his hand into the aquarium that that pen is impervious to everything but water there you go there's one and then the fish attacks his hand so he gets the pen he gets the fish and then he trying to hide stabs the fish behind his back and then pulls it out <laughs> so everything and then when he goes i just died when he went to shake his hand and his hand is just full of water he reaches yeah. out and the water just drips all over everything and he hit, frank's just kind of like like nothing's nothing's going on <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> totally. And that part, that's a, that's actually my Monday morning quarterback, right? When somebody has, you're invited over to their house and checking out their stuff and they have something super expensive, just my general rule, keep your hands off of it. Don't touch, just in case. I mean, I know he's showing it to you and he's saying, hey, check out this pen. You just don't need to touch it. Don't risk anything, right? Those expensive things, stay away from them. Just in case. You don't want to pull a Frank Dreb in there. I, that reminded me of also when he snuck into the office after everything was closed up. He sneaks into there and then he's looking for for something. And then he turns on the piano, the the, the really loud lights and everything. But then he absolutely burns down the entire place. He's also yep. trying to catch all the priceless vases, vases, whatever. And then the painting like literally destroys the entire place. So all in trying to help make sure it doesn't burn down. Uh, yep. that was that was absolutely brilliant. I he's I don't I don't I don't know if I've seen a comedic actor quite like him, like Leslie Nielsen, um, in the way that he does it. It's he's so serious in it, but it's funny. It's not like he's serious, like he's upset or mean. It's just he is one track mind of catching the killer and everything else is obl- he's oblivious to everything else. And then from there, things just happen all around him. And occasionally, what I love he'll catch that something's off and he'll look at the camera and it just, you know, break. This is one of the first movies that I see where they break the fourth wall. It's just like, he's like (laughs) at the camera. Love Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And the, 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 the scene or the situation where that most stands out to me is when his car uh, is chasing him or running him down. He dives out of the way and shoots it. Everybody, anybody (laughs) get a look at life? Anybody look at the driver? Exactly. You can tell the, the the reels are turning. Wait, that looked like my car. And then and he leaves the scene, you know? Yep. I do also remember the graffiti that they get the kids were spraying on him, and then it sprays back the graffiti on them. Uh, so many little 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 tips or little little funny jokes everywhere. But uh yep. so my Monday morning quarterback are you don't want to wear any watches while you're playing a sport like literally i don't know why um reggie jackson's literally wearing a watch i've never worn a watch in any sport because it could get in the way it could break off it you know whatever could happen baseball you don't doing as much like meaning you're not playing basketball you're not playing football or something like it which i understand but when you're swinging a bat that's an extra thing on you so never wear a watch when you're playing a sport which is what caused him to try to kill the queen that's right. That's where the subliminal messaging or whatever it's called came from to kill the queen. I like that. Oh, and we have Queen Elizabeth also in this movie. And she she was pretty funny. Like she didn't really do any funny things, but they, I think they just put her in some really funny situations, awkward situations with the queen. I enjoyed her, her presence. And then Frank in the uh, in the conference uh News conference, like you said earlier, uh, no, no matter how funny and, and uh, uh, what does he say? 
no matter how weird the idea of having a queen is for us, we got to be gracious hosts or whatever. Exactly. Good stuff. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was about a year ago, there was a, a royal wedding where you had, um, I don't know, American, um, I think her name's like like uh, Markel or something like that, Mary with one of the, Megan the princes. Yeah. Um, get married with one of the princes. And like some Americans were like, oh, we got to watch it. We got to watch it. And I thought I to myself, I was like, I was telling everybody too. I stopped caring about royal weddings back in 1776. Like, there's no <laughs> re- like, why do I even care about this? Do you see how much money they had to steal from their people to pay for this crazy, stupid wedding? No, yeah. this is ridiculous. I stopped back in 1776. That's when I stopped caring about anything <laughs> royals. Yep, totally. I totally understand. Well, I'm right there on board with you for that. Yep. All right, cool. So let's get to some lessons here. Dust, my first lesson I learned from Nordberg, OJ Simpson, right? Always wait for backup. You're barging in one lone dude with a gun and a badge, and you've got 10 guys with guns staring back at you, right? You didn't assess the situation enough. You didn't wait for backup. You caused your own little coma there, buddy. It's a terrible play. Yep. Absolutely. Anytime that you don't go in with the backup, I mean, you shouldn't buy it by yourself in the in the first place. I would think that just one person by yourself is rather dumb, and then let alone having backup. But so that's a good lesson. My lesson comes along with that. So Nordberg is walking around, snooping around, and checking things. He pulls out his gun, and he, so I'm holding my gun for everybody watching on YouTube. So if you want to go check this out on YouTube, and remember, it's unloaded. It's absolutely unloaded, but um, I haven't loaded it. Um, go to watchandlearnpodcast.com forward slash YouTube, and you'll get to our YouTube channel. But anyways, so here's Norberg. He pulls out his gun, and then he does that. He Then he racks the slide to put a bullet in the chamber. If you're a police officer, let alone somebody that would – no. In general, whenever I carry my pistol, I have a, a concealed carry permit. And even if I um, – like in Arizona, you don't have to have one. You can still conceal carry I am so much more able to protect my family just a little bit more with a gun. And so I always carry with one in the chamber. Like it's always ready to fire. Now there are internal safeties in there. You actually, like this one, your thumb actually, if you're watching this on YouTube, your thumb actually has to be there for it to work. And then there's a trigger guard on there. So there's two different safeties. So both of them, if you could see it. So one right here, I'll do it a little better. So one right there. So your thumb actually has to be hitting there at the same time from there. This little, this little tab, I don't know if you can see it. You can see it move mm-hmm. a little bit. You can see it. Yeah. So both of those have to be pressed at the same time in order for it to fire. So there's some internal safeties there. But you always carry one within the chamber because if you pull it out and then have to do that and then shoot, that's a whole extra time. If the bad guys, now here's another lesson. The bad guys had their guns. They're bad. They should have a bullet in the chamber. They all take their time, which is funny because he's, you know, they're waiting for him and they pull out their guns. Then they, then they do that. They rack one in the chamber and then they're ready to shoot. But if you're a bad guy, especially a bad guy, you should always have one in the chamber, let alone if you're a police officer, you should not have to do that. Now for movies, I completely understand. It makes us, Oh, there's a bullet in the chamber, but us, you know, who are in the know, we would always like, Man, there's. I always assume there's one in the chamber, no matter what. That's the first rule of guns. It's always loaded and ready to fire. Yep, for sure. Watch and learn podcasts, helping criminals conduct their criminal <laughs> activities. <laughs> Be, keep one locked and loaded, people. Um, let me see here. My second lesson is disconnect the electronics when you're finished broadcasting. You already mentioned it, of course, going to the bathroom display or you know, broadcasting to the world, you're peeing and farting and all that kind of stuff. But with today 
how we're sequestered in our homes. Kids are doing Zoom. People are doing Zoom meetings for work and stuff. Make sure you turn off that Zoom program before you stand up and reveal that you're <laughs> doing your meetings pantsless or before you're screen sharing and then you open up a por- pornographic site or whatever you're doing <laughs> on your computer. So stop the electronics um, and then go about your normal life for sure. Absolutely. Be prepared. Think think ahead. Think, oh man, this could actually, like if somebody saw this, and they possibly could because of all the ability to share all the time. So that's yeah. a great lesson. So for me, I go back to the scene where he is going to, or Frank opens up his refrigerator, gets milk and gets all these spoiled items. And he almost paint, uh, faints. He almost passes out when he, or he actually does. I think like he uh, hits the ground and gets back up when he smells something. And so I'm thinking I'm always smelling anything that I'm eating first before I actually eat it. Because if you smell it and if it smells bad, it makes you faint. You shouldn't eat it. Yep, for sure. That's a really good idea. Um, we shop at, do they have Winco in Arizona? Yes, they do. <laughs> Sometimes at Winco, they have such good deals on things, but I think they have such good deals because they get things when they're almost expired or maybe even possibly already expired, right? And then so like every time you go shopping at Winco, check the dates as well. So smell it for sure once you open it, but check those dates depending on the store that you go to or maybe just in in general, it's a good practice. Good tip. Now, there are certain things like canned beans. They're canned. And there's a, there's a, you know, date on there, like, like best buy. I'm like, shoot, if it's like a month or 10 months past that, it's still good. It's a can of beans. But now if it's milk in a carton or meat or something that's out, oh my goodness, you definitely, yeah, always be checking. I remember we had you, so you and I, we had a convenience store. We had, we sold pizza in there that we made as well. And I remember people would bring up a, a bottle of soda that we would buy and it hadn't sold and usually it's like six months in there. They would it'd be like like I don't know, maybe a week or two out of date. They bring it up and say, "Hey, this is you know you should pull it off." I'm like, "It's a can of so- or it's a bottle of soda. Like yeah. it doesn't expire. You could drink this a year, two years, three years from now. It's totally fine." But they're like, no. I mean, "It's not like it's going from hot to cold in somebody's garage or anything." Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, yeah. So good lesson on Winco. Yep, for sure. So, Let's see here. Oh, go ahead. My, I think your second yeah. lesson. No, I already gave my second lesson. That was don't eat the food. I think so. You're up next is the right. third lesson. Okay, cool. So learn your national anthem just in case you need to get up on stage someday and sing it to the crowd. That was so funny. You would think like he's so dead set on finding the bad guy that he knows he has to do it. Like that's just something he just starts walking up. But he's always like looking like he as he's walking to the microphone, he's looking around for He's so one track minded. And he gets there. He's like realizing, oh, I, I actually got to sing. <laughs> yeah. He thinks, and he's all, he even doesn't even know the words. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and how That's what made it funny bad he was. And how bad yeah. he was was and so funny. It was. And I'm wondering if he actually did that in front of a whole stadium full of people because it seemed, of course, it could have been faked. And, you know, you have a camera on him with like a 100 people behind him and he's up on screen. You can fake that kind of stuff. But what would have been funny, and I bet nerve wracking for him, is getting up in front of a stadium of people and singing crappy like that. That would be kind of you'd feel a little bit foolish, but it's for the movie. But it'd be a, a foolish situation to be in, you know, as funny and hilarious as he is. I can see him easily pulling off kind of like will ferrell is somebody who literally it seems like he has no inner sense uh, sense of like 
not shame, that's not the right word, but like like embarrassment. Like he could literally be 100% embarrassed because it's hilarious. It's so hilarious. And he could keep playing it up and keep doing it until like the, the horse is dead and he's already beat it to pulp. And he'll do that over and over again. But it's so funny. And this, those people who don't feel, um, not, not uh, um, uh, yeah, any sense of like um, uh, embarrassment. If they don't feel embarrassment, those are the be- those are the funniest people, I think. 100% for sure, for sure. Yep. What's your last lesson? My last lesson is take better notes. I don't have a third lesson. I didn't get oh. another lesson. There's so many other things. I mean, you can pick anything from like, um, if you are going to be in a wheelchair, don't be pointed down the the ramp so that you, you go down <laughs> the stairs and then poof, do a somersault. There's so yep. many fun, fun uh, jokes like that or uh, lessons to be had throughout the entire movie. That's right. That's right. Don't ride a burning car into a Chinese fireworks factory. There's another <laughs> lesson for you too. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked how the opening scene you had Frank, who's a police detective in Los Angeles. He's actually on location, like on his vacation and he's breaking down or, you know, uh, busting like all the heads, head dictators, head everything all over the world. He's doing it by himself. And it's one of the best lines. Rub, 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 rub. I knew it. I <laughs> knew it. Gorbachev, it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So good. And then at the very end, don't let me, don't ever let me catch you guys in America. Some good lines right there. There was. Now, did that, uh, did that scene remind you of any, that one scene where he busts in there, he's in another country. Did that remind you of anything? Because it reminded me of something that was like, oh, wow, that's funny. That reminded me of this. Not in nothing that comes to mind. It was Team America, you know, like the the very opening scene where they're busting in there, like Durka Durka, uh, Durka Durka Bacala, <laughs> they're doing mm-hmm. that, all that funny stuff. I don't know why, but when he was, you know, walking around in the uh, Muslim garb and stuff like that, walking around, it just it, for some reason got my mind right to Team America. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And that oh, was so the let, best oh. movie. I, I think I don't know why. He didn't get an Academy Award for this, but Matt Damon was so good in Team America. I mean, yes, he was, was such a good movie. Good, good, yeah. good man. That's just like, and you know who was really good in Naked Gun was uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Commanding performance right there. I remember growing up, you love. I, I liked him. I liked him a lot, but you loved Weird Al. Like you were everything about Weird Al. It was so fun. I was growing up and um, I've seen him uh, twice in concert. I have one of his concert on DVD, you know? Yeah. So I remember a few years ago, I took the boys to the Sacramento State Fair and Weird Al and his band actually performed and we absolutely love it. He's great in concert. So for anybody who's maybe a Weird Al fan, but has not seen him in concert, when we're allowed to do concerts again, please go out and check him out for sure. Weird Al. That's fantastic. Yeah. I never yep. been... I don't really go to many concerts very much. Like you also went and saw what's his name um, recently, the the Asian dude, Joe Coy. Joe Coy, he's funny. He's really yeah. funny, and your wife loves Joe Coy. There's something also that I wanted to bring up that recently or right now on Netflix, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, two, and three are all on there. I had I showed my kids this last uh, Friday. Show them Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ones. I thought they're going to be scared or like because it's more of a darker movie and all that sort of stuff. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. They loved Mikey. They actually loved all all the turtles and they were really fun. And then I showed them number two. They loved number two, and so they can't wait to watch number three. Um, have you shown Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the movies to your boys? Just the first one. We haven't watched two or three yet, and they've seen the more recent live action uh, Jerry Bruckheimer or Michael Bay, whoever you know directed it. We've seen those ones as well. They were, 
I didn't actually watch the most recent one. Were they any good? Uh, <laughs> they're okay. <laughs> I I mean, that there's a, a ton of action. Uh, there's a ton of action, but not the best story. You know, it's just it's just some it's a Michael Bay movie. So if you like that, it's oh, worth watching. Goodness. Well, I I remember watching the first Transformers, thinking that's pretty decent. Like it's okay. I enjoyed it. Second one was like, uh, okay, yeah, it's a it's a Michael Brookheimer or a Jerry Brookheimer and Michael Bay movie. Definitely a Michael mm-hmm. Bay movie. Getting aren't they like like Transformers forty eight now? Like there's they have loads and loads of them. But the not the it wasn't the most recent one with like Bumblebee. It was one before that. It was every single shot was the Michael Bay um, Armageddon type shot where it's like slow and like it's just it's the Michael Bay type of shot. And I just got so tired of it over and over and over again. Like that's the whole movie was that it was no very little, if not any story at all. So it was really, really rough for me to watch that. So it might be rough for me to watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle one. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Yeah, but it's, you know, if your kids ever want to watch it, yeah, go ahead and check it out with them at least. And you can always just plop them down in front of the TV, watch five minutes if you don't like it, bounce, but then they'll be absorbed by all the action and seeing giant turtles and a giant rat, you know? Yeah. So have you seen that there are some few, there are a few movies coming out that I've been really hesitating on watching the trailers. Have you seen any that are coming out that you're kind of like, oh man, there's a trailer. I want to watch it, but I shouldn't. No, I've trained myself. I don't want to watch trailers anymore. I've just stayed away from that entirely. I've, I've, uh, I, I guess it's a habit now, staying away from trailers because no matter what, I don't want anything spoiled. So no. But what are you thinking? Like, what do you want to see? So there are many. Oh, definitely, you have the uh, Marvel movies that are coming out, like Black Widow and stuff like that. And I know that they are looking at like a Loki movie and things like that. So there's a lot of not just trailers, but also like fans are putting things together of what they're learning and other like big companies of what they're learning. So all that, all that stuff I've been kind of like, Oh man, I want to see that. But man, I am really, I'm missing going to the movies. It's been a while since we've been able to go to the movies. It's so irritating. Mm -hmm. For sure. 100%. I would, uh, I wanted to see like right before this whole thing happened, I was going to go see bloodshot. Actually, I think you and I were going to do it in the podcast, like the very next week, you know, or that weekend that it was released. And that was when, uh, they said, Nope, no more movie theaters. You're closing down, man. What a bad timing. Like you couldn't stop and not release it. You already released it. Maybe they might do a re-release of something, but shoot, that just kills your sales. Yep. 100%. All right. Does so anything that we have failed to mention? No, that's what I got. Okay, cool. So this movie was your choice. And um, we've done quite a few comedies in the in the very recent past, older comedies and stuff. So I wanted to do something that it's not a comedy, it's a drama, but there's a lot of action in it. And you and I have talked about in the past, you've never seen it, but I absolutely love it. I think there's probably a lot of lessons we can take away from it. It's a movie called Green Street Hooligans. Okay, I never heard of it. Okay. Yeah. So it has Elijah Wood and Charlie Hunnam is a soccer or a football hooligan over there in the UK, right? They take their soccer or their football super serious. There are gangs of teams who love this team and love that team. And when those two teams are, are playing against each other this weekend, the night before or the day of the hooligans get into brawls and actually do a lot of fighting. So you're going <laughs> to see fighting in England over, you know, between soccer, soccer fans, I guess you should say. And it's just a really good movie. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from it. So that's what we're going to learn from next week. Green Street. Awesome. Hooligans. Okay. Green Street Hooligans. So I'm going to yeah. warn you, 
I've already picked out my next movie. I know oh. exactly which one it is. Um, I'm super excited to do this one. So be ready for a fun. Um, we're going to get a lot of bullets flying. Oh, nice. Oh, Dusty Joe's a little teaser. <gasps> Face off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Travolta. That does have a guy. lot of bullets flying, though, in that movie, though. That sure does. That sure does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cool beans. So uh, anybody or everybody, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your ears and your eyeballs if you're watching on YouTube. So you heard what we thought about The Naked Gun. If you'd like to share your opinion with us, we would love to hear it, especially any life lessons you took away that we failed to pick up on. So go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash naked gun. Just one word, naked gun at the end and leave a comment there. All righty. Once again, my name was Sky. And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with Green Street Hooligans. <laughs>